uh, what is the song? Uh, Undivided, country western song. It's been going on and on and on in my head here. Do, 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 do. Just one second, we're gonna launch the YouTube and get started. And there we go. Hey, I'm Bill Gross. Welcome to probateweekly.com. I'm Bill Gross. I am a real estate broker in Los Angeles, California, focused almost exclusively on probate and then some legal real estate as well. And we're here every week helping real estate agents, investors, wholesalers, learn how to sell more real estate, close more deals, and petitioners, administrators, um, to learn how to navigate the waters of getting a property sold when you're stuck in the mud. So we do this every week on Thursday, four o'clock on um, uh, Zoom. You can register, you go to probateweekly.com, you can sign up and participate live, or you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Love it if you like it there, write a comment, write a question. I'm gonna answer a question today that I got off of YouTube. And so we're gonna try to build that channel as well. Hey, Paul Krauss, welcome. Paul hey, Krause. thanks, Bill. How are you today? Good, Remodeling Tuesdays. Put in the chat box a link to your uh, Remodeling Tuesdays. I meant to put that in my in my uh, notes. But Paul is, a, is in addition to a real estate broker, uh, is a uh, contractor and investor. Kind of combines those three talents. And has a class every Tuesday, I think at two o'clock called Remodeling Tuesdays. That's right. So, yeah, so definitely we'll check out. Well, welcome. Hey, I thought today, so we, we have a special guest coming on, uh, but I wanted to start with really um, the goal here. I, I teach a class called the 11 ways to get a sale in probate. Most companies that sell data or coaching really focus on two ways and really I've identified 11 and I use probably about four of them myself. And so I wanted to share with you guys each week one of those uh, 11 ways. This week is number three on the list, which is marketing um, leads to attorneys. Now really numbers two and three are the most common. This is the second most common. Where companies will sell you a bunch of data and say, oh, just email to the attorneys, or I'm sorry, mail to the attorneys. We have letters and they'll open your letters and you establish relations with them. And what I'd say is that um, I do know somebody who's built a business cold calling attorneys. He was very good on the phones. He made a living calling expired listings before and then moved into attorneys on probate, which is a skill that's very transferable. But I would say for the most part, unless you're, in, especially in a larger market where it's competitive, attorneys tell me they're bombarded with mail, they're bombarded with phone calls. And if you're just gonna call them once or twice, the odds of building a relationship are limited. And so I'm gonna share with you kind of, I think the better approach if you're looking to market to attorneys on how to do that. And again, keep in mind, I'm recommending strongly, you use several marketing methods in probate, not one, and attorneys will just be one piece of that pie. So what are the ways that we market to attorneys? Oh, you know what, I need to get, I did these fancy um, uh, Google slides also, I need to get that up there. So you guys can be all impressed. Now, hopefully help you follow it a little better um, as well. Uh, let's see, marketing attorneys. Sorry about that, I should have this put together. This is kind of a new uh, feature here. One, two, come on. Come on. Hey Bill, can I ask you a quick question while you're doing that? Please. Yes, go ahead. Um, my question is, and what I'm running into when I talk to people that are in probate in that state settlement situation, that um, I don't find a lot of people that like the attorneys that they're working with. 
is this something you come across as well? And having uh, communicated with a large number of attorneys, I would assume over the years, um, is this is this a chronic situation? And are they really as bad as they're cut out to be? Overall, generally speaking. And I know there's some good, there's some bad. And I have my opinions of certain things, but I want to sure. see Great question. And I think I would say that um, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm a real estate broker. I sell houses. I, I don't, you know, I'm not selling anything here. So I'm not to be honest with you. Um, I got in this business thinking that my primary focus would be networking with attorneys. I thought both I would do well cold calling them, developing relationships, and referring them business and getting it back. My biggest disappointment, and, I, and I'm particularly well qualified for that. My father was an attorney, I used to clerk in a law office. My clients were disproportionate attorneys. I know their business better than most attorneys do. I, you know, I used to go to court every day wearing a suit and dress like an attorney. I look like one, I have gray hair. I, you know, kind of fit the profile at the courthouse. My biggest disappointment has been my lack of ability to um, market to attorneys directly. Now, what I have done, and this is why I talk about multiple ways of marketing, is when I get a petitioner or I get a deal and I meet the attorney, I think I'm pretty effective at getting their attention and getting business from them that way or winning the business when the attorney normally wants to take it somewhere else. But I'll say to you, I would say that Here's a statistic, Scott. I think you're in Michigan, right? Yeah. So if you buy the data, I bought the data in LA County and I checked it in a, in a two year period. 95% of cases of probates were done by trees who did one deal or less a year. 95% of the cases were done by attorneys who did one deal or less a year. So how good can you be doing one a year? Now, there are a few attorneys Not who fair. do a high volume and are great at it. A few. They have their own relationships already. Like any other relationship, they're tough to break into, but worthwhile. But I would say 95% are, in my opinion, not serving their clients. The clients are better off going to a document prep service and saving money and doing it kind of on their own than they are going to attorneys. Did that answer your question? That, that was going to what? I'm sorry, and doing it on their own? Going to like a document preparation service, like the equivalent of LegalZoom.com is uh -huh. a service easy-probate.com that my experiences customers are better served with those kind of companies 90% okay. of the time than they are with an attorney. Okay. Now, when there are multiple errors and they're fighting or objections, of course, or questions about the will or things like that, that's when you need an attorney. 100%. Okay. But for the cases where it's one person, one heir, or they all get along really well and usually well, you know, I have a case right now where I'm doing a listing in La Jolla and it's two sisters and they get along well and they on their own. And I, and I noticed all the paperwork was done right. Everything was done properly, which is unusual. I said, I'm just curious, uh, how'd you find the attorney? So, well, really it's a document prep service. We use an attorney's name on the paperwork as part of the package with the train involved, but basically the work is really being done by a, a service, like a, um, 
you look, just like Netflix has destroyed uh, Blockbuster, uh, real estate is being changed. Zillow, Redfin, I'm with EXP. We're changing the real estate business, in my opinion. Attorneys have not yet even experienced this yet. They're, they, they're, the legal system has protected them more, but I think it's inevitable that 90% of them are going to lose over half their business in the next five years because they don't really, to answer your question, uh, service the customer. That's, that's my basic philosophy. But Okay, that's, that's pretty much what I've come across. And in my prior job, I mean, we had to deal with attorneys and everyone is an attorney where I work mm-hmm. and trust. And we had some really, really, really good attorneys that were not cheap, but the clients had, they were flush, we'll say, with cash. And then we had some horrible ones that were liquidated out pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. But that was a different world than us common folks live in. And the, I'll just say the common folk attorney, unless they're a really good one and expensive, not just because they're expensive, but because they are good. Um, most of them are for shit. Well, I'm not going to use that exact word or agree with that word, but I will say that yeah. I would say 90% of the time the client's better off with a, a probate document service than they are with the, the, the probate the attorney who happens to do probate that they stumble on the side. Their friend's father, their father's friend, who did their DWI or they did their business incorporation or they did their divorce? That's a disaster. A, a general, a general attorney. Exactly. You want a specialist. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so if we're going to hunt and pack, as you're saying, to find attorneys, what we should really hunt and pack for are specialist attorneys, which will be hard to get into because most likely they've been hunted and packed in the past. And they well, may have like, a relationship, but everybody changes relationships. Right. Like any relationship, it's worth chasing after. It just takes time. Yeah. Okay. And you can pick off one too along the way. I got lucky that I, I got one lead right away. I was in a courtroom one day. I saw there was a conflict between two attorneys. It was a, a, a case that was going to be litigated. And rather than either one be the uh, administrator, uh, they appointed a temporary administrator. And I approached both attorneys and said, look, I'm in court every day. I don't know either one of you. I can, you know, service both of you well. And I'm an expert in the probate sale process. Because it was being litigated, the court had to prove it. So a little more detail was perfect for me. And so as a result, I got the referral from that attorney and I did the case. Tough case, but it closed. I got paid on it. So sometimes you can find those. And it turned out she was a, um, she was a top-notch probate attorney that I kind of stumbled into. I'm going to skip kind of the, 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 the prefix here, and I want to just make sure I, I um, get to the meat of what we're going to talk about, which is, again, how to get a sale, in a particular, probate filing leads marketing to attorney. That's what we're talking about right now. I don't think Shai is on the call. I don't know if I, if she did misplace the number or the link. I'm not sure how that all happened, but we're going to go ahead uh, with what we have here. So let's talk about getting business. I'm going to skip that, number one. Um, Okay, when you market to attorneys, so really this is point one, you wanna, you always want to market to a prospect the way they think they should buy, right? And so, you know, if you notice real estate coaches and sales coaches are 
always taking their videos, walking on private jets and next to fancy cars because they think that we realtors think that's how they're, we're supposed to be. So in, I, I can only speak really of experience in Southern California, attorneys in general are more conservative than normal. So they dress more formal. In court in LA, you, if you're a man, you have to wear a coat and tie. Not a choice if you go to court. Even on court call in the video, they'll wear a coat and tie and maybe shorts underneath, but they, you gotta wear a coat and tie, that's standard. And for women, you have to wear the equivalent, whatever that means. And I don't wanna get too into the fashion or sexism or anything. My point is you wanna look like them. So when I go to court, I, I see realtors show up on the day of the sale dressed like realtors. And look, some days we're out in the field and it's hot and you're walking around, you wear shorts or you wear jeans or you wear slacks and a shirt, nothing wrong with it. But when you go to court, if your goal is to meet the attorney, you wanna dress like an attorney. I purposely wear a dark suit, white shirt, color tie, simple tie, the most conservative I could. In fact, if you have a question, look to people running for president as the fashion, whether you like uh, Trump or Barack Obama, they're both uh, opposite ends politically. They both wear dark suits, white shirts, and either red or blue ties, and usually solid, because that's what conveys authority. Opposite ends politically, but same fashion comment if you're trying to be powerful. And attorneys are all about power. So, for example, that's how I dress. Um, I don't really need a briefcase, but when I go to court, I have one of those rolling briefcases because all the attorneys who are in court have rolling briefcases to carry all the files with them. Mine has my keys, wallet, maybe a snack bar or something, maybe some water. I keep the probate code in there, right? But I carry one like them. Business cards like them. I have two sets of business cards. I have my real estate agent business cards that have my company branding, my picture on it, like most realtors you wanna be remembered. I have another set, if you ever get a business card, well, who here on this call has had a business card from an attorney before? Anybody remember getting a business card from an attorney? Yeah, I have, Bill. How would you describe it, Paul? Plain, very plain. Like they used uh, just, uh, it was like the name of the firm, um, emboldened, and uh, no pictures. No pictures. Uh, white or cream colored and just, and, and text. Text? What, what colors were they? Black and white? Oh, black and white. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I have two sets of cards, one like that. Because yeah. when I meet an attorney, I want to kind of say, I'm in your tribe. You can trust me. I'm not like those guys, the realtors. I'm like you. Right? I'm going to position myself as an expert. So really important, I think, that you think about those little things. If you want to market your attorneys, what does a set of plain business cards cost? 20 bucks? But if you're going to go, if you're ever going to go to court, why not buy a set and try to meet a couple of attorneys? It's worth it. Emails. You want your emails to be like an attorney's email when you, when you send it to them. So what does an attorney's email look like? The subject line, very formal. Case number, client, the state of blah, 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 comma, the property address. And the text of the email should be more formal than normal. Right? When I write to realtors, I might write, hey, comma, first name, Paul, comma, I know your property is listed here and I want to submit an offer. With an attorney, it would be Subject, case, probate case number 19 STPB 12645, comma, the state of Joe Smith, comma, property 123 Main Street. Uh, dear attorney Joe Smith, comma, 
I'll go grow some of the local real estate broker. My client likes to write an offer on the subject property. Attached is a copy of the offer with blah, blah, blah. Please review and advise how we can move forward. That's how you write an email to an attorney. If you want to market to them. Attorneys don't cold call. Here's another one. So we as realtors kind of like cold callers calling us, or we at least appreciate it, right? Now, I'm not saying at nine o'clock at night, your phone rings, you're happy. I'm saying in general, if we're on the phone cold calling, we kind of get that other people do that too. Attorneys hate cold callers, hate it. So never cold call, have a purpose for your call. Don't cold call them. Have a purpose for your call. Have a purpose for your mail. Have a purpose for your email. Don't cold call them. And then bring value or service, not just, hey, give me a listing. Now that's probably true with everybody, but bring value or service. You know, I provide for my attorney clients copies of the deeds. I help them research property. I can research property across the country. Whatever it is that you do, free market analysis reports to give you valuations. I'll give you the, you know, the AVMs of uh, Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, and I'll review the data and help you resolve the three. Whatever you think is a value to an attorney, you want to offer them value and service. So again, when you market to them, don't market to them as a, hi, give me your listing. Hi, do you have anybody to refer to me? Now, I will say under acting like them, I should add a, another point, which is, Attorneys, now again, let's take COVID out of the picture for a second, which I think is ending here fairly soon, even in LA. But pre-COVID, almost any attorney you ever got on the phone, if you ask them for lunch, would do it. Because attorneys kind of their normal marketing is meeting people by going to lunch. Now, what I used to do, because I went to court every day, I'd say, hey, next time you're in the Moss Courthouse, can I maybe buy a cup of coffee before or afterwards? And they'd all say yes to that. There's like a Starbucks right in the courthouse. And then I was watching the calendar when I saw them coming up. I'd call and say, hey, uh, Mary, I see you're coming to court on Tuesday. We're scheduled to come to court on Tuesday. Can I meet you before we're out here and buy a cup of coffee? COVID changed all that. But I'm going to say at some point in the next few months, I think, I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball. We'll go back to normal. Call attorneys about a case. If you have a client you're working with and they're filing a probate, you know, rather than decide who's in charge, let's go to lunch. You know, my, my friend Joe, I know, has uh, called you up to uh, uh, file for probate. And I'm a real estate agent in the area. I'm not here to solicit for business. I just like to get a chance to meet you. I was wondering if maybe you're free for lunch one day next week is Tuesday or Wednesday better for you. And attorneys are inclined to go out to lunch. That's kind of their MO. Make sense? Realtors, we're kind of trained to have people bring food to our office. Attorneys, they're kind of inclined to go out to lunch. But I said dress like them. Well, you know, the thing I was going to just jump in about the whole dressing like them, uh -huh. um, you know, there's something about the Torrance Courthouse where, and maybe you see it up in L.A., but if you dress up, like I dressed up one day because I actually had, um, I had uh, jury duty, and I decided that I was going to do the jury duty, not get out of it because – my uh, coach at the time said, oh, that's perfect. You know, maybe you maybe you'll meet some some attorneys. And I said, you know, that's a really good point. So I dressed up like just exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. And I had several people go, oh, attorneys are in that line or like because it's amazing how 
if you're not like in a t-shirt and shorts, like, like if all of a sudden you're dressed up, they think, oh, well, you, you, th this person has to be an attorney. And I met a couple people that day who I kind of bumped into while I was in line and they're like, treating me like one of them. They're like, yeah, can you believe that like, we have to wait this long? And when he said it to me, he's like, that we have to wait this long. It's exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. And at that minute, I wish I did have a different card. And, and I did give my card out to a guy that I still uh, contact every now and then. But like, I, I wish I had had that card, like you said, because what you, what you said about this is so true. They, it's like they feel safe with you or something because like what you said, you're in the tribe. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go back to experimenting with this again. Yeah, I would also say anytime you're gonna go to court, you know, go early, plan to be there at lunch break. And, and now I wouldn't stay late because things uh, wind up pretty fast in, in, the, in the courthouse, but I would get there early. I used to get there court so at 8.30, I got there every day at 7.45. You might say, well, how many people are there early? Well, whoever there was, I was meeting. I'm already, I'm already gonna go, I'm already gonna park my car. So to be there an extra 45 minutes and meet people was worth it, right? So yeah, but dress like them, you're the tribe. It's funny, the security guards will pass me through. Other people, I'll say, what are you here for? You're here for a case, what kind of matter? They just see me and wave me on through, like they assume I'm an attorney. Now, I'm not lying. I'm allowed to go in the courthouse. I'm there for a, for a property. So I'm not doing anything illegal or nefarious. But I, it, people just assume you, you have the costume on. You, hey, if you go to Disneyland dressed as Snow White, people are white, line up for your autograph and photo. That's just, that's just the reality. Right. True or false? It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. So, um, yeah, so dress like them is, I think, a big part. And I think it's an opportunity to, to really... Um, uh, up your game. Business cards like them also. I would not give out a, a realtor business card. If I don't have any, I would say, you know, I'm out. Can I get your card or, or get their information and follow up otherwise? No, if your business cards are the, like my realtor ones with a picture and a bunch of colors on it, just don't go there. You're kind of ruining the relationship. You want to be part of the tribe. And, and I, I would say, limit yourself to that. Emails we talked about um, and don't, they don't cold call. So don't cold call them and bring value. Okay. Multiple touches. They all get one phone call from like 30 people. Every time they file a new probate in LA County, again, I can't speak as much as other counties. When I talk to them, they tell me they get 30 phone calls over time. A lot in the beginning, fewer over time, fewer over time, but they still get them over time. But they they'll tell me they rarely get multiple phone calls from the same person. Why do you think that is? That's the same true with expired listings. That's same true with recruiting or building your team out. That's true in any kind of marketing. Very few people make multiple contacts. And it's really critical in business that it's a long tail. You know, I, I, I was involved with a company for a while, uh, Boomtown. If you don't know them, they're a CRM, uh, customer relationship management software. But they also generated leads. So leads would come into the software and then you would, you would put in there, you know, new lead and then it would close. You had a close date and track your commissions in it. And they did a study of their clients. And of those that closed, the average time from new lead to closing, what do you think it was? This is for real estate buyers. So from the day a buyer first appears on Zillow, the first time until they buy a house, what do you think the average time period is? 
I'm thinking it's 18 months, but that's my guess. That's a great guess. Most people guess shorter than that. It's two years, average. Okay. Well, that's average. That's a, there's a bell curve. There are some that are day one, day 30, day 60 to 90. But the middle of the pack is two years, which means half are more than two years. Half are three or four years. That's called the long tail marketing. With, with attorneys, I would say you can get some business right away. And you can get more business if you stay at it. If you stay at longer, you get more business. And the few that are have been at probate in LA County, marketing attorneys for 20 years, there's you know really one or two, they have ginormous books of business. Because if you keep marketing, you'll keep adding, that long tail keeps coming into your business. Now that's true across all of real estate. We all quit too early. We all quit before the miracle happens. But really you have to have a program in line, I would say minimum six months. If you're gonna mail to an attorney or you're gonna call attorneys, you better have a program to at least give yourself a shot for six months or you're really wasting your money and wasting your time. Now I would say the true, same is true with homeowners. I say the same is true with petitioners. I say the same is true with expired listings. That's just you know my, my experience in watching those. But it's, it's true of all marketing, but particularly with attorneys, you want to be in the long tail process. Um, okay, hold on one second here. Do I have any questions in the chat? I've not been paying attention. I think I got one. Chat. Uh, less than $5. Less than, Rick Brand said less than five. I don't know what that refers to, Rick. Oh, business cards. Oh, there you go. It goes back away. Sorry, Mr. Coming back then, yeah. Business cards less than five bucks. Yeah, you get them. You get real cheap business cards online. Uh, first time order from some company. Okay, number four. Be memorable. What's your specialty? Now here's the thing. I, I I try to be. I try to be humble. You know, I need to work on that. True confession. I work on being humble. And um, but every day I get people who tell me, "Well, I'm a I'm a probate expert." Really, tell me about that. I took a class two years ago. How long is a class? Three hours. And you're an expert? Like, people will put on there they're an expert. They'll get the website they're an expert. They'll tell me they're an expert. And they have listed but one or two or, or none. Now, I'm not saying you can't get your first deal or second deal. Just be careful what you claim. And then I'd say also, what's your specialty? Probate in LA is a pretty big field. So I made the commitment to, to narrow it to specialize in court sales and probate. A little tougher piece. Some people say they don't want it. Fine. Works for me. But try to find your niche. Trusts, guardianships, um, certain geographic areas, certain type of property or product. The narrower your niche, the more memorable you're going to be to anybody you market to. But be careful. Attorneys, when they, uh, when you become an attorney, you have a, you have a, a law license, allows you to practice. You join the bar, you pass the bar exam. And they have specialties that they can add in. You don't have to. There's a trust in um, a state section of probate that gives them the title, the, uh, the opportunity to claim themselves as experts in that area. But it's rigorous. It's like hard work. We take a three-hour class. We call ourselves experts. They see right through that. Now, sometimes they'll say to you, well, how many probates have you sold? Maybe you count up your, your team's business. Maybe you count up your company's business to answer that question. But I, I, if you don't claim to be something you're not, then you have to defend something you're not. So always be careful. And I'd also urge you to really pick a narrow specialty that you can really help in. 
Probate attorneys represent the PR, the person representing the states. Mark put down, I'm not sure I followed you, Mark. You put down, probate attorneys represent the, the, you know, actually I'm using the term probate attorney. There's actually two types of people I'm referring to when I say that. One I'm not referring to, technically the probate attorney in a probate case is an attorney that works for the county, that works for the judge and reviews all the documents and helps prepare the judge for their job. Those are called probate attorneys. I'm really referring to attorneys with the practice of law who handle probate cases and trust cases and litigation related to probate. So I don't know if that helps clarify that. Okay, meet them, where do you meet them? So let me give you a list of different places you can meet them. For coffee, uh, meet them for coffee before or after. Hey, can I buy a cup of coffee? You're here for a while. They do a lot of waiting around when they're there. There's a lot of waiting around in court. Now again, COVID's going up, but in LA, in LA right now, the ninth floor uh, snack bar, they have lunch there, they have breakfast there, they have good coffee. They have one of the best views of all of Los Angeles. So if you get a chance to meet somebody there, uh, either go there and meet people, go there and bump, have people bump into you, but have uh, meet people for coffee at court. Lunch, like I said, attorneys are predisposed to going to lunch. Almost any attorney, in my experience, you call them up and have a reason to meet with them. Hey, I know so-and-so who knows you. He suggested we get together. I'd love to get a chance to meet you uh, and go to lunch. Don't send me, I take your lunch to grow you for two hours for referrals. Nobody wants that. You're really just going to meet the person and, and really ideally not ask them for any business at all. Just go there to meet the person and establish a relationship. The, uh, I put ABA, really the bar association, the local bar. So in LA, we have the LA Bar Association. We have the Century City Bar Association, Santa Monica Bar Association, San Fernando Valley Bar Association. Um, there's a couple others. I'm sure there's a few more. So I, I'm a member of, as an affiliate, I'm not an attorney, I'm an affiliate of the LA Bar Association and Beverly Hills Bar Association. Some people do that to sponsor events. I've not done that because that's competition, costs some money. I do go to the classes. I've learned the South Bay, yes, you're right. Oh yeah, Beverly Hills. I do go to classes and learn a lot. I learned two things. One, I've learned that I've learned good stuff, met the judges, learned the procedures. I've also learned that some of the top uh, realtors in probate don't know anything that I don't know. In fact, they don't know some of the things that I do know. So sometimes it's just good to see people in action. Um, my title rep, and I recommend all of you guys as a great coach, uh, Kevin Sales, uh, pre-COVID every year did a class at the LA County Court for the Bar Association, if your member was free. And now you're in a room full of you know, 50 uh, attorneys. And he would talk about probate as related to title and real estate and how to avoid problems. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys, Kevin has a great class coming up on a Saturday, May 22nd. Um, it's through the um, Rocky Mountain uh, Real Estate Association. It's uh, icorockies.com slash events. And uh, if you use the, pro the coupon code, thanks, Kevin, one word, thanks, Kevin, you get 50% off. It's 3999 and that'll be half off. Now, this particular program he's doing is for investors and wholesalers as it relates to probate. A little different topic. Okay, so Bar Association, great place. Other business networking. Attorneys are very active at BNI, the Tip Club, 
and those sorts of organizations. Very common for them to go there to network in a business setting. Other, other legal business setting, there's the professional uh, fiduciary associations, another one that there's a lot of attorneys that go to, that people go there to meet and network with attorneys. Invite them to events. You find a great event, uh, invite them, pay for it. A little different now with COVID, but again, we're coming out of that phase. So look for events that make sense or just ask, hey, I noticed there is a LA bar event you know, next week. Are you planning to go? Love to meet up with you. Can we meet for lunch before or afterwards? Or can I, you know, if some of them are most often the classes I found were bring your own lunch. So I say, hey, can I pick up lunch with both of us and meet you at the event? Yeah, come. I've done that. Great way to meet people at a bar association event. Another one is co-market them. I've done this. Um, limited success. Um, you know, I think that attorneys don't spend much time thinking about their sales, the sales of their business, but those that do need to market. They either do ads, but then like anybody else, you run ads, you got to convert the ads. How do you do that? So I've helped attorneys by doing online events with them. I've helped by calling to confirm their attendees, calling afterwards to follow up, to offer the attendees a follow-up service, uh, free uh, copies of your deeds of your deeds of your property. If you're going to get a living trust, for example. So I would say co-marketing with them is another option. And then co-marketing probate. I've had trades I've worked with that do an introduction to probate. And I've been the one to uh, be there to answer questions and be in the back of the room handing out materials and get a chance to chat a little bit. Uh, have done it online a couple of times. So another way to co-market with an attorney who's building their business is to co-market with them. And then co again, co-market living trusts. Living trusts obviously are great real estate leads for us. Uh, so those uh, attorneys who are marketing to get more living trust work, you want to work with as well. Okay, so that's a wrap up. Um, just real quick, I'll go through the, the points we talked about. Um, you want to act like them. If you're a market, you want to be like them. You know, I need to put this um, in the chat box. In the chat box, I'm going to put the link to the Kevin Sales event. Okay, marketing attorneys, you want to dress like them. You want to have your business cards be like them. You want your emails to look like their formatted emails. Don't cold call them. If you're going to call them, call them with a purpose. Bring value and service. Don't just call, call and ask for referrals. Multiple touches, you need to think of as a campaign, not just a one-off phone call. Obviously, you can eliminate people that you want to follow up with. Be memorable. What's your specialty? You can't just say you specialize in probate and you can't really get away with that if it's not really true. You want to meet with them. At the end of the day, marketing, you want to meet with people individually. And so you can meet them for, at court for coffee, invite them to lunch, meet them at bar association events, join the local bar, participate as an affiliate, other business, other legal networking, other business networking. Uh, invite them to events. You find out it's a good event for attorneys. Feel free to invite them to it. Another strategy. You can call 10 attorneys and invite them. They may all say no, but it's a good excuse to call. Let me ask you this. Uh, somebody answer this one for me. If I call, if you're an attorney, I called you and invite you and says, hey, and I just said, hey, there's a great event next week. Again, let's pretend it's before after COVID. Great event next week for attorneys and probate. I know you're, you do probate. 
they were. Are you planning to go to the event? You know, no, no, I'm oh, well, I'm gonna be there. I thought I might just see if you were gonna be there. Um, do you ever go to this kind of events? No, I don't find them helpful. Oh, okay, great. I might move on. But they go, well, yeah, I normally do, but next week I'm in court. What are they gonna think of you when you call them and invite them to that kind of event? What do they think of you? Anybody? No? That you follow up. Follow up? Yeah. You go to those events, right? You think of them. Okay, so coffee, court we talked about, lunch, invite them to lunch, bar events, other legal networking and bar uh, and non-legal business networking, invite them to events, co-market them, probates and uh, living trusts. And that's it. Question, I know I covered a lot, talk quickly. Um, there was lots to cover though. Trees love to golf as well. Mark, I would know, I believe you. Uh, my sense is if you're a golfer, you find any excuse to golf. I think golfers love to golf. I think I would say that. And uh, if that works for you, then uh, that's a great uh, taking lunch at a golf course. Yeah, definitely. If you're a golfer, uh, you know, my uh, brother-in-law is a president of a REIT, uh, a large multi-billion dollar REIT. He's a golfer. And he says all his businesses, he invites people to golf. And he says not everybody golfs, but if there's enough people who do golf with his prospects that he's made a great living. So yeah, if you're a golfer, I would definitely make a list of all the attorneys that golf, that go to the golfing events and uh, meet attorneys there 100%. Okay, questions, comments? No, I think it's good stuff, Bill. I think that, um, I think your point about just, you know, uh, um, you know, networking and reaching out and doing those small things, those invitations, like, um, it doesn't have to be hard, you know, like we all know someone who probably has someone who's an attorney, right? Yes. So working through relationships, like, you know, more and more I've been, I've been going on calls and everyone's been talking about going deeper and deeper with your relationships. Hey, do you like your CPA? Hey, do you like your um, attorney? Um, do you know any attorneys? Do you know someone who's recently had to hire an attorney? Like I started to even use that one because um, I don't, you know, for whatever reason, I just don't meet a lot of people who, um, who, who know a lot of uh, probate attorneys, uh, where I live. But, um, but so what I'll ask my friends is, Hey, do you know anybody who's recently had to hire someone? And, um, I'm finding like what everyone's been saying is totally true. When you start going deeper with your relationships, like, Hey, do you know anybody who's had to hire this person or whatever? Like, it, it's whatever shoe in you can get through the relationship, because when you eventually get to talk to that person, it's, well, I know this person and so do you. And then all of a sudden somehow, because everybody knows everybody, then it's a much warmer call than just an outright cold call, which we all know what the success of that can be. So. It's funny you say that I have, I have a, a business associate I've known for years and his networking program where he just, he, he meets people and he, he asked me for every attorney that I know because he wants to meet them and then introduce them to other people. And it's like, well, yeah, but what's in it for the attorney? Why am I giving your name and number to an attorney to call them? What's the value, right? When you have a relationship, you have trust. So when your client gives you their attorney, it's because they trust you, like you, know you. There's equity in that relationship that you're transferring to the attorney as well. The attorney can quickly 
assess, oh, if Paul Cross says he's a good guy, he must be a good guy. Maybe he'll verify with Paul, right? But that, but there's real equity. if there's real equity, there's real equity. It was just a name off of my LinkedIn. Shit, I have 5,000 people on LinkedIn. I don't know any of them. There was a time I just said yes to everybody because I, I felt bad for them. And I regret it because every day I get like 10 different messages. Hey, Bill, you know, thanks for connecting with me. And, you know, this and that. I can help you double triple your business for no cost. Uh, you have 15 minutes. Right. But, right. What's that worth? Nothing. But somebody who I closed the house for, and I said, hey, I'm curious. I'm looking for a, uh, an accountant or I have another client looking for an accountant. Do you have an accountant that you're really happy with that you would like to refer some business to? Right now I have a real connection that I can, you know, cash in on because my client appreciates, likes me, trusts me, and they give me something that they like and trust as well. So you're 100% right. I think it's all about depth right now. You know, if, if we're in business at any level on the surface, uh, just cold calling or just emailing out, we're competing with Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft and Google. And that's going to be ugly. And if we, but I don't think any of them can compete with the depths of the relationships that we have if we use them properly. Yeah, and I mean, it, and there's there's a currency to that too, because like for example, I just had to hire, uh, I just had to hire a guy who does wallpaper. I've never installed wallpaper in a remodel, but this one client really, really wanted someone, so I had to look around and really find someone good. And man, this guy that I hired which was totally reasonable, came in, banged out the job quickly, clean, professional job. But it's like, how many of them, how many of these guys are out there? It's like, well, I don't know, but I'll tell you this, he's five stars with me. So if anyone asks me for, you know, a wallpaper installer, I'll be like, oh, you have to hire this guy because he's quick, fast, clean, great, you know, affordable. So there's, there's a currency to that. And, um, you know, Bill, you know, lots of people who do different things. We all, everyone on this call knows lots of people who know how to do something well. And those people are worth referring to other people as a form of currency. And not that anyone owes you anything, but it's just because you can give that kind of value. It actually just inspired me now that I'm thinking about it. I think I just need to make a, uh, a really cool video Tariq was talking about this on Grant Cardone's video yesterday um, where he would do a quick video on somebody. He would do a plug and uh, and that was something that had currency to it, you know, and, and people value that kind of stuff. So, yep. Yeah, I don't do enough of that myself, but uh, I'm trying to do more. In fact, I, I just closed, I think my biggest commission check of my career and I'm, I'm buying lunch for uh, the escrow and I'm buying lunch for a, another vendor in that. And so, you know, being in the old days, I'd go to the restaurant and have them cater in and I'd show up and, and all that. Can't we really do that today? So I'm having a scent, but I, I asked both of them, Hey, can I arrange for lunch for you tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, great. I'll provide it. Would you just shoot me a picture of you having lunch? Because there's social media and being able to say, Hey, in this case, USA national title did a great job. We closed the deal in 13 days and really they saved the day. And we all, we all made a lot of money. We all helped the customers. We're all happy. And they get tacos uh, courtesy of BXP Realty. And I think that, you know, it's kind of fun. But I think there's real currency in that, that um, here's a relationship I have of value. I'll share with you, there's an escrow company that, uh, pro, as a listing agent, I get listed all the time by escrows and titles. And there's one, every time I get a new listing, they send me an email 
um, because they charge nothing to the seller side. It's called cloudescrow.com. And, you know, you can save a customer, you know, $3,000. I, I sold a million dollar house and we use them. And, and I said to my customer at that time, all the escrows I know are giving terrible service. These guys aren't any worse, but you'll save $3,000. So I'm not <laughs> going to vouch for their service. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, you won't have to pay an escrow fee. Or we could try one of these other companies that have great reputations, which we'd like to do. I'll take free. Right now, when I know somebody who's great, I can recommend somebody who's great. But if I don't know somebody who's great, I don't want to recommend them. Uh, I'd rather make it free for my customer. Okay. So, the, can I ask a quick? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you, you said that the cloud escrow, they don't charge a seller escrow fee? How about that? They charge the buyer side only. The normal fee, they don't double it. They charge like, I think, uh, $2 per thousand plus. 250, which is kind of a standard formula, I guess. If you if you shop around, it's kind of the standard rate sheet price that most escrows will charge. So they don't charge any more. They don't nickel down the customer the fees. They just waive the seller side. That's to say the seller some money, huh? Well, uh, you know, on a million dollar deal, it was like twenty five hundred dollars savings or so. That'll work. And and, and when and was great for me was I used it a couple times. When someone won, the client said, well, that's okay. I'm saving $2,500, so I don't mind. <laughs> it was really great. By the way, thank you for the um, Greg Cardone um, invited. Uh, I've been attending, and it's been great, man. It's been it really, really is. Thought, It's so good. I actually don't watch it live because I, 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 was, I was getting phone calls interrupted. I just made a point, you know, I'm going to watch it at 5 o'clock every night where I can just sit, uninterrupted, take <laughs> notes, pay attention, and get the most out of it. So that was my question, Bill, because I had the same situation today. I was multitasking. We yeah. can we can view it uh, later on uh, on the, in the Facebook uh, 10x group. Yep. Um, Facebook group. Yep. You can only get one day at a time. Like they they erase they post one day and they erase the last one. So you can it's only up there for 24 hours. Okay, so today's will be on there tonight. Yes. Okay, because I missed it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Sure. That was fantastic. He is so good, Brad. He is so, you know, I, I've known him for a long time and some of his style kind of put me off and he's a little rough around the edges, blah, 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 blah. But man, his mindset is right on track. In fact, I'll share with you guys. He said something that was amazing, um, amazing to, to me yesterday. You know, I've argued for the longest time that the inventory is not low. It's, it's appropriate for the changes in technology, meaning um, that back when real estate inventory was in a book, and you got an updated book every two weeks, it took buyers weeks to see all the inventory. Whereas today, literally they see a property the seconds on the market. And by definition, any property on the market at that price for more than 30 days is overpriced. True or false? True or false, put the chat box and say out loud. Any property right. in the market, three days or more, at that price, by definition, is overpriced. True or false? True. 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 Yeah. True. So why should there be more than one month's inventory? Makes no sense. It makes no sense. And all these, all these people talking about low inventory, but it's only three weeks. Why should it be more than three weeks? Every buyer's seen every house by three weeks. Every single buyer's seen 
every single house in Orange County by the end of three weeks, right? That, that wasn't true 10 years ago. That's true today, right? Hell, they've seen every house in a week. They've seen every house in two days. Bill? Yeah. I, I'm going to say this because I'm guilty of it or had been in the past, not in the recent years, thank God. But you take those listings and you are unable to convince the client that they're wrong when they want it overpriced and you take it out of desperation especially when you're new or if you're at that point where you need a mortgage payment mm -hmm. you're never going to get that mortgage payment earned in a time that you need it with it sitting like that and if you don't take it somebody else is going to take it and sit on it for months and months and months and it's you're right if it's there 31 days it's overpriced yeah i'm not saying you shouldn't take properties overpriced as an agent i mean at my core my job is to service my customer i have customers that want to list it high as long as they know it's high and they like me and i like them and we get along and they want to keep in the market fine i sometimes i don't care it depends on the property it doesn't cost anything to keep it on the market for sign up maybe i'm not doing it to get buyer leads i'm just doing it to service the customer as long as we're all in reality about it, I don't think inherently there's wrong with it. I'm just saying it's not a worldwide epidemic. Now, shortage of toilet paper, well, that's a problem. Shortage of gasoline on the East Coast right now, that's a problem. Shortage of housing. And, this, and then the second thing that Grant said, it was brilliant. If you think about it, you know, how many more sales are there this year than last year? Maybe 3%, 5% more sales, right? Maybe instead of, I forget the number of sales for the year, is it a hundred thousand or a million? Whatever it is, a million. There's maybe five percent more than last year. There's not that much more. The price has gone up, but it's not the volume that's gone up that much more. But are there less houses in America than last year? No. There's about the same number, a few more maybe. So it's not the inventory, the sales to, to houses in America inventory have changed. What's changed is more of the inventory never hit the MLS. More of the inventory was fixed or flips or off-market sales or something else. I could tell you personally, I just closed a deal yesterday, off-market, that's my second in 30 days, right? I'm putting it into the MLS now as a closed sale, but it was never, it never hit the MLS. So, you know, as a listing agent, I would say that I work twice as hard to get listings. I work one third as much to sell them. I do listings now. I never see the seller. I never see the house. You know, the buyers will agree to anything to get the house sold. They'll waive contingencies, they'll waive a loan, they'll pay cash, whatever. It's just a joke. So when people say that there's no inventory, it's just you got to work harder to get listings. On the flip side, the listings you do get sell fast. Yeah, Bill, you're right. There, there's, there's no shortage of houses. I mean, you know, Venice is over 100 houses on market. Manhattan Beach is, is nearly 100 now. There's property to buy. I mean, there's, there's no problem to find a property. Right. So now, there are buyers who, who will, you know, it's interesting. I had a, I led a, a call on Friday for ESP of um, agents and there were buyer's agents on the call. I'm a listing agent. I really don't show buyer's property much. And the buyer's agents, you know, 80% were complaining. They wrote 20 to 30 offers and didn't get accepted. There were two or three that wrote 10 offers combined and had six accepted. 
what was the difference? The six accepted, the, the offer was done right. They had the buyer pre-approved. They had the lender call the listing agent. That's a big deal as a listing agent. I love that. The other ones, they didn't even understand. What? You had the lender call the listing agent? Yeah, you better do that in this market. You better do that. And so I think that, that uh, there's, there's a, you can make an excuse for anything. You can have excuses or you can be successful. You can't do both. So you better choose which one you want. But if your excuse is low inventory, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, it's just it's just not a, you know, even, even where I live, I was telling people that like a year ago, the days on market used to be 26 days. Yeah. And last week I was on a um, call with some, some uh, in, investors that, uh, you know, they said, okay, look in your own marketplace, what the days on market is. And where I live has gone in one year from 26 days to 90. And 90 um, is wow. not like a, you know, that doesn't mean anything bad necessarily. I mean, it's just data at the end of the day. So, okay, maybe things have slowed down a little bit, like the velocities, maybe it's slowed down a little bit. And maybe there's more houses on, on, on you know, the market now, but uh, you, you can't, you can't make an excuse that, oh, we're, we're under this, you know, because at the end of the day, that doesn't get you fed, you know, and, and um, you, you've, you've got to be able to, uh, and I'm saying this to myself as well, because I, I have to go out there and pound the, you know, like, but how am I positioning myself in the marketplace for me to be receptive to what I do, right? And so that's why, like, that the Grant Cardone that, um, that you invited us to, thank you for doing that. Like it kind of reminds you that, you know, how are you branding yourself into the marketplace so that people can be receptive to what it is you do? Like, and, and do they understand what you do is different than what other people do and, and special and unique and everything else. And, and so, um, yeah, so I agree with everything you're saying. Well, as Grant would say, you know, if you have 10 times the prospects, would that solve the problem? Right. You might not be paying right. your bills with what you have now. But if you had 10 times the buyers, you know, and, if, and my suspicion is if you had 10 times the buyers, you wouldn't work with nine of the 10 you have now. You'd pass them to somebody else or be real with the fact that they're just not ready to buy anything. Sure. There are certain buyers who the only properties they offer on are the ones that are going to get bid at. You know, I, I noticed that as a listing agent that some properties you list, you know, you've priced it slightly below the market because you, you're going to get a bidding war. And of course, those get 30, 40 offers, right? And, those, and the, buyer, the, the buyer's agent will call me my buyer has written 20 offers. Well, if the only properties you write on are those, you're going to write 20 or 30 offers because the average on that kind of property is 20 or 30 offers. When you look at some other niches, look at probate properties, get less activity. Look at properties that have been in the market for 30 days and offer 5% below. Those are available, right? But if you just, if you take the brand new listing that's ready to go, yeah, there's competition for those. Um, I, I saw a hand up, Scott, and you took your hand down. Did we cover your question? And Andrew says, true. Andrew, I'm going to apply your true statement to everything I've said today. <laughs> no, I, put, I put my hand up earlier. That's right. I, I, when you were putting it up the slide, I took it down. Okay. That was my the attorney okay. question, how to reach them. Are there any good ones? Do you run into a lot of issues? Yeah, back to you from the clients on that. That's all. And you go back to that real quick. Part of my goal of this organization is to create a network of good realtors across the country that know the good, the few good attorneys to refer cases to. Because when you refer a case to an attorney, that's our commission check. 
right? I, I did a referral to New York. I got a great agent in New York, lousy attorney. Guess who's not getting paid for a long time? Just It's just the way it goes. And, I, and I'm trying to push them anyhow. It's a long story. Yeah. I sob story. Uh, Andrea, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. True. I'm just going to use that. I'm going to stamp your true after everything. Yeah, Bill. And on the attorney thing, I don't know. Sometimes it could be, well, I know there are some attorneys that are questionable when it comes to probate knowledge. Uh -huh. But other ones, I, I do get a lot of feedback when about billing too, but that's their issue. Yes. And billing. unfortunately, in our trade, we don't bill by the hour, we bill by the transactions. Right. Yeah, and the trees don't sell regular bills, customers get pissed. Hey, I see Shadi, I see you on the call. Do you, they missed you? What? You did not miss me. I decided okay. to come on way late and embarrass myself to your entire guests and visitors here and apologize profusely. No, my, Shadi, my entire team left me and I had a widow from San Diego that I met for the first time today in my office whose husband died and between the two of them, they have like 23 properties or something. And I looked oh. up and I couldn't believe I missed you guys. So I am so sorry <laughs> to you guys. Really, I am. You don't need every apologize to take care of your customers. That's our job as professionals. So thank you. Let's reschedule. I'd love to get you on the interview. Definitely. She's an attorney down in Orange County. She's great. I heard her on another real estate agent, uh, kind of Zoom call like this and um, a tremendous energy. You can see passion about her business. Uh, and so um, can we, can, I'll, I'll call your office and we'll get you Definitely. I, we'll I can make myself you. available next Thursday to just make it up for you guys and um, offer my email and phone up to you guys if you have any questions. I apologize. I will share, I'm not an hourly attorney. I do work on a flat fee. I <laughs> just thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> well, we will find out more about Thank that you. because we all have business. Across business in Orange County, and I, I, I heard your, you know, I, I talked to a lot of attorneys. I, I've only invited a few on this call because I want ones that are consistent with what I think is needed, which is starts with a, a passion for doing with a client. So, Shadi uh, Schaefer will be our guest next Thursday. I'll, I'll confirm up in your office. Shadi, make sure you get the, the link and all that stuff. Okay. I will. Thank you. We got to wrap up here in, 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 in one minute. So I appreciate everybody being on the call today. Uh, any questions? You can text. Good stuff to 213-460-2577. You can call me Bill Gross, 310-210-0008. I am theLAprobateexpert.com. We do this every Thursday, 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, probateweekly.com. Love to have you come back next week. If you register, we'll send out the recording. Please like it. Put a comment in there. If you like it, subscribe to YouTube and support us that way. I really appreciate you guys so much. Have a great – hey, good news. Uh, open houses again for realtors. Good news. I guess the mask thing is going away. Uh, it's great the, news. It's great news. Yeah. I mean, but when? Just, Where? Well, today's big changes going on. I think all these things are going to trickle down through the economy and the, through our process, but it's starting today. Um, you know, it's. Yeah, the whole mask thing is going to start to relax. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially outside, which would be great, and, and even inside in small groups. So, anyhow, good news. Nice. Make the rest of the week a great week. Let's get together next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, everybody.